Hey everyone, Jamie here. I know it's been a minute since I've released an episode. I have actually been on the road and I'm finally here at my destination in New Mexico where I'm going to be for a little bit. So know that I have a few deep dive episodes forthcoming. Um, I'm going to be doing a belated Atlanta episode that gets into the meat of the Kenya Moore, Marlo Hampton conflict. And yes, of course, I'm going to be doing a full deep dive episode on everything that's happening on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna and Kyle. So that's all coming your way this month, fear not. And in the meantime, today I am going to be releasing an audio edition of a live intuitive reading that I did a few months ago now with Jerry Manthe from Survivor. Jerry had just gone through a particularly brutal romantic breakup that she had experienced as a deep betrayal. And even more striking, it was a sense of betrayal that felt very familiar to her. It was a sense of betrayal that's been a pattern in her life. So she came to me with a desire to explore this pattern of betrayal and to see what it might be reflecting inside of her and how to navigate this pattern of betrayal, not from a place of continuing victimhood, but instead from finding what the possible invitation might be from the universe, how to work with this pattern in a new and different way to discover more of herself. So that's what we did in this reading. It went to some surprising places. And so I want to offer it here to you guys, because as I'm always saying, and as I'm always seeing with my own eyes, when we have a chance to really hear and witness other people's struggles, other people's inner conflicts, other people's patterns, it can really bring us to a place of contemplating our own patterns and how this might relate to us. So it was a two-hour-plus event. This is an edited version. I included a couple of the questions that were asked afterward to help give you guys a flavor of the synthesis and the integration that happened. I hope you enjoy it. And also on that note, I'm going to be doing another one of these live readings in the near future. Um, this one is going to be with Shane from Road Rules Campus Crawl for you uh, real world Road Rules fans from back in the day. He's going to be coming to me with a question about money and wanting to navigate the unconscious energy in his push-pull relationship with money that seems to come and then it seems to go and he has trouble maintaining a consistent flow with it. I'm not final on the dates yet, but as always, space is going to be limited. So if you listen to this live reading and you think you'd like to have the chance to witness Shane's reading and to go into an energy that's going to explore relationship with money with an intention for deeper consciousness around it, send me an email and let me know if you want to be on my preliminary list of people and I will add you to that list and then let you know as soon as the dates are set and then you'll have an opportunity to be the first to sign up. Uh, the way that I do it, I just ask for a small donation that then goes to a charity, um, anywhere from 5 to $25, whatever you can afford. These tend to be powerful events, and I get a lot of feedback from people saying that it, it actually really has an impact on them to witness uh, the process of, of the client receiving the reading and that it, it actually really can foster a sense of connectivity, connection, both with the other people involved, but also deeper connection 
with self. So that's everything for right now. As always, thank you for listening. And I will be back within the next few weeks with another deep dive episode. Okay, guys, see you on the flip side. Hi, and welcome to Deep Dive with Jamie Stein, where we take a deep dive look at all things reality TV, pop culture, and the world at large. I'm an intuitive and an empath, which means I pick up on the thoughts, feelings, and energy percolating in other people in the world around me. I believe there is meaning waiting to be found at every turn, if you're willing to see it. So join me as we dismantle everything from trash TV to high spiritual concepts and learn more about ourselves, each other, and how we're all connected. Okay, so Jerry, I know we've already, you know, kind of set this up. You were recently, you know, in a relationship where you were all in and you guys were working together, living together. You really thought this guy was the one. And from your mind, you were kind of coming at it from this place of like, yeah, there are going to be peaks and valleys, highs and lows. We're working together. Yes, there's going to be conflict, but like I'm in it for the long haul and I'm willing to kind of like be in the thick of it with this guy. And there was a feeling or an idea, a belief, an agreement that, you know, he was sort of in the trenches too. And then kind of ultimately he actually sort of noped out and was like, actually, this is too much for me. And for you, it really created a deep sense of betrayal and a sense of betrayal that also felt familiar. Like this is something that's felt energetically familiar of like, you're all in, you're willing to be in it. And then somehow feeling like the rug gets pulled out from under you, people are out. And in this particular situation, it really left you like, no home, no job, like really kind of out of sorts. So I know we're kind of bringing that in today to kind of find out sort of what's here and what's underneath that. And you really have a question about like, you know, in a way, like what's underneath this pattern? Like, why am I drawing this in? Before we even get into, I guess I just want to ask just for a little bit of context. I know that there had been kind of some cropping up just by virtue of being in this working relationship. Was there something that was like the turning point for this guy, like a particular conflict where he was like, okay, this is the point where I'm out that also kind of like captured the flavor of what would come up between the two of you? Um, I think it was just, it was like a slow burn for him. For me, when we started working together, there was a level of excitement and I was being given an opportunity to draw on all these different skills that I had acquired throughout my whole life. And something I was for the first time in a very long time, incredibly excited about this job. We were producing an event together. And I think what started happening with him, and this is also something that I've noticed the pattern in my past, more so I think with work, I've realized recently, is that I'm very outspoken. I'm very direct. I'm very honest. I'm not the person you want to hire when you're looking for a yes man i'm the person you hire when you want the truth about what's working what's not working why it's not working and more importantly how to fix it i never criticize anybody without offering a solution i just won't do that and i think you know in retrospect there were definitely some moments where i wish i had been a little bit more sensitive to how i presented things and i i guess i came to realize that he was a very sensitive person. And this project was literally him choosing his career path very late in his life. And he had fears about failure. And I think maybe some of the things that I 
tried to help with might have felt made him feel in some way like I was being critical when in fact I wasn't. I was just trying to help. What he said was when we started working together and there was stress involved, it just sucked the love right out of him. Like he found he couldn't, he didn't love me anymore, which is very hard to hear from somebody you're in love with. And I didn't understand that. You know, I think now I realize that if it was real love, that wouldn't be the case. It's very hard to completely suck the love out of you if you've really truly found the love of your life, someone that you feel you can spend the rest of your life with. I, I don't know if there was one specific turning beyond when he eventually decided that we weren't going to work together anymore. Are you saying when you said we were not going to work together anymore, does that mean he initially was saying we're not going to work together anymore, but we're staying together as a couple or was it everything's off all at once? Well, he made it sound like if I gracefully retired from the position that we would then be able to focus on our relationship. And that was very hard for me because I don't quit. I don't, I never quit something that I'm passionate about. And I went on a zoom call with the entire team and I let them all know that I was leaving my position and it was very hard for me to do. And I wanted them to know I wasn't abandoning them. I wanted them to know that I was doing it for the sake of saving my relationship. And then shortly thereafter, he broke up with me because he, he wasn't in love with me anymore. Okay. Okay. And then I guess just also for context, you started going out with him and then he brought you into the event. Yeah, we were together for about, gosh, I'd say like five months, something like that. I still had another job, but he started to need help. Like he actually needed my help. So I was working one job and helping him with this event simultaneously. I was a private chef. So I was lined up in a way that I had all this time available and I could help him. But then once that my private chef job ended, he brought me on full time. And that's where every single day living together, working together, it was stressful. I admit like it was very difficult sometimes, but again, for me, I was able to compartmentalize like this is us in work mode. This is us in relationship mode. I set boundaries. It was very important. I asked all my friends who are married who work together. I said, please give me advice. How do you guys do it? And they all just said, you know, you just got to communicate constantly. They're like, it's going to be extreme highs and extreme lows. It's just a part of working and living together. So I was setting boundaries, like no talking about work until after we've had coffee. We could only talk to work until we were done with the day, like around five, six o'clock. And then that was it. No more talking about he he could not respect the boundaries. That was, that was a big thing. I could, because I knew how important it was to do that, but he, he was so wrapped up in it. I will say this. He also kind of during the course of our relationship had some issues with boundaries as well. So that wasn't a new thing. It just, it was a frustrating part of that relationship. But honestly, like, again, I was, I was in it. I was willing to work through this stuff. And I guess my last question for right now is, so is there just like a quick, concise example of like something that you would criticize that you would be sensitive about? Like, I'm just curious about the flavor of this. Well, there, there was this girl that worked for him that sometimes she, she started leaving me out of meetings and Zoom calls that I should have been a part of. And when I brought it to his attention, instead of standing up for me, he did nothing about it. And that felt very odd to me because... 
it was very clear that I should have been part of these meetings because it affected my, my job. That was a big thing towards the end because I kept going, why was I not a part of that phone call? I was supposed to be a part of that conversation. It just felt like it was a slow unraveling of all the things that were at one time working. And so you're saying when you brought that up, he got like it triggered him? It, like he got sensitive about it? He got very sensitive about it. Yeah. Like I was coming after her or something like I, I don't know. It was very odd. And I, you know, at some point questioned what their relationship was because it didn't make sense to me that he didn't, he wouldn't have my back. I mean, that's why we're in relationships, right? You, you choose somebody who's going to have your back. And so when that didn't happen, it was very hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right let me just take all this in. No, it's, a, it's, <laughs> you're, you're interesting. Cause it, I mean, there's always, you know, whenever I talk to you, it's like each question could lead to another question, could lead to another question. I, it's almost like I get these images of like, this doorway could lead to another doorway, could lead to another doorway, could lead to another doorway. And then it's almost suddenly like, wait, where are we? And the reason I say this is because, you know, anyone who's worked with me knows I interpret everything that happens in this field as kind of like information about you. So I'm just kind of feeling the energy, basically. And I feel like it's like, oh, my, it's like there's so many different routes i'm almost here like choose your own adventure like we could go into so many different doorways and then i just kind of suddenly i'm like wait are we lost what's happening it almost feels like like the never-ending russian doll you know what i mean so i'm just aware of that that's me well that's what i'm saying and so i want to say i mean there's two things i wanted to say about that immediately jerry like i want to say part of that feels and i don't even know what i mean by this yet but i'm assuming it'll, it'll come in. Like, this feels like part of your magic. Like this feels like part of like, you, I don't know, you've got this relationship to the multiple doorways and, you know, it's like in the, the Russian doll and the questions within questions. And it feels like there's something in there that's like uniquely you. And like for all of us, I also feel this place where somehow it becomes a way currently it can sometimes become a way to, like kind of get lost and stay lost. You know what I mean? And kind of be like, well, there are no answers. So now I'm just sort of, <laughs> here I am in this fog and I'm banging my head against the wall and I'm never getting anywhere. You know, which for me as Jamie, the question is, okay, well, how does that serve you on an unconscious level to never really get anywhere? So I just, oh, oh my God, something about saying that just felt so good to me. So I just want to let that happen. Something about naming that felt very good to me for you. Let me just stay with this for a second because something, it just feels like something's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I feel this part of you, Jerry. It's kind of like, it's like the voice I hear is I'm a complicated woman. And I, it feels to me like it feels good to some part of you to have that really seen. It's like, I'm a complicated woman. There's a lot going on. And in the place where there's like an empowered, intentional, magical relationship to the doors within doors within doors, Russian dolls, it's like, it's powerful. Like there's something that you can, I just want to say like do or lead people through like you're, uh, it's interesting. I know you're like a burner. I don't know what your relationship is to like, you know, different types of medicines or whatnot, but I, I just keep kind of like, I, I don't know. I get images, for example, of like ayahuasca circles, you know what I mean? And like circles where people are like being led through ritual and processes I'm not saying you have to be like an Iowa Scara who's like leading these circles. It's a metaphor, unless it's not. But I'm kind of suddenly experiencing you as this sort of like, there's this aspect of you. I want to say like this shamanistic woman who's like beating the drum 
people are sitting in their circle and it's like you're inviting them into the journey of their own doorways of their minds. So I don't know. I wasn't, this is just all coming to me in the moment. I just want to like bring this in. You know, we don't have to know anything about it yet other than what I'm saying. Is there anything you need to say in response to what I just said? Yeah. So I tend to be the kind of person in my job, my friendships. I'm always the one that kind of holds people together. I'm the one that throws the dinner parties, invites everyone to my house. I'm the one that at work will, I'm very good at walking into a work situation and assessing what's working, what's not working. And it seems to be well received at first in all of these situations, but at some point I get, you know, people's insecurities come up. They tend to take it out on me and turn on me. Whereas at first they're like, oh, this is great. Thank you for helping. But then at the next moment, they're like insecure about the fact that this is the pattern that I have noticed. Right. And so this was the other thing that I was going to bring in. Actually, there's two other things I want to bring in, but one of them speaks directly to this. It's like the end, the vibe I'm getting off you as you describe like this relationship and these work situations, especially when you said I'm not a yes man. Um, And I have something specific to say about that. It's like, it's this vibe or this energy of like, I'm bringing all of this energy that I want you guys to like see and hear and appreciate, but it's almost like you're bringing it to like the, I want to say the wrong framework or like the small framework or the framework where it's not necessarily welcome. So it almost reminds me of like this, this, like, like this four or five-year-old girl who's like, I've got stuff to do and to say, and I want all of you to say it, but she's like doing it like at this, I don't even know what the metaphor is like this adult party where everyone's just kind of having polite chatter. It's like, I want to be seen and heard and validated in this place where there's not even like the right context for this, if that makes sense. And so I say, you know, and I felt this even when we had our intro call, because you talked about like a job recently, I think you were working at, I forget if it was a winery or something like that, where, you know, it was a shit show and, you know, you saw how to make it work. Right. And I remember, and then they got upset with you because they wouldn't hear it. And I remember kind of feeling like, oh, wow, it sounds like kind of like this feeling for you of you're putting all this energy into trying to figure out like making these things work for people where, first of all, it's maybe not even your job description, right? And they might not even want it or be open to it. And then you feel so like frustrated about it, right? And so when you say like, I'm not the person to hire as a yes man, I want to say there's a voice that comes in me. It's like, yeah, but sometimes that's your job. Like if you're hired as an employee, I just have to do my job. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter whether I want to say yes or not. Like in certain situations when I'm an employee, that's just what I have to do, even if I don't want to, or else I got to quit. So I'm saying that because I'm feeling something around you bringing all this big dynamic energy into spaces where it's maybe not even really wanted, welcomed, or the right place for it, right? And then something in you that's saying, I don't want to just be a yes man, where maybe that's sort of the gig is to be the yes man. So bringing your relationship back into it, I feel that same quality of energy of like, I'm trying to do it and set it up in this really smart way with the boundaries and the this and the that. And for me, kind of feeling like, I don't know that he was, I just don't know that he was on the same page as you 
energetically, right? And then for you, kind of like you saying, I'm hearing there were red flags, like there were boundaries that were being crossed, not just with not talking about work. You mentioned there were other boundaries being crossed. He's having these conversations with this woman that I should be a part of. There were things that it feels to me like were signaling something. And so then for me with you, I get curious about like, well, then what was that inside you that's kind of like getting information that this isn't all lining up or there are things that don't feel right, but yet I'm still sitting here saying, I'm all in, he's the one, this is right, I want this to work. Feels to me, it's like there's this way that your energy does want to run. And rather than it finding the right vehicle, vessel, or relationship to run all the way, it goes to these other frameworks. And then you're trying to make it work within these frameworks. And then when it's not held because the framework itself can't hold it, you feel betrayed and outraged and all these things. And so there is a deeper question, and maybe this is the actual question, but there's a deeper question for me here for you, Jerry, on the unconscious level. What is it in me? What would it mean for me to actually find the right framework for my powerful energy to run? What is it in me that says no to finding that right vessel and vehicle for this energy to run? We'll kind of hold that for a moment over here. I do want to check in with you because I just said a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, that is a lot, Jamie. I'm, I really do wonder sometimes too, like if I was just the kind of person that could sit quietly and not speak up all the time and keep my mouth shut when I think that something is off or, or needs to be corrected, I think my life would be a lot easier. But at the same time, that's so not who I am. It's just, it is a constant battle for me to rein it in and lately more so with work. And I'm constantly challenged by that. So if I know that there's a better way to do something. It's in my nature to present that idea. And sometimes that's just not accepted. And you're right. I feel like, hey, just see me, hear me, listen to me, what I have to say. And I sometimes feel like if I was a man, this would not be a problem. I would be heard. I would be seen. I would be respected for being able to fix things and make things better. But as a woman, it seems like more often than not, I'm treated as someone who's being overly critical or bitchy or, you know, sadly, that's just kind of the world the way it is right now still. I'm working harder to become someone who's better communicating and stroking people's egos while I'm still getting the things done I need to do. But at the same time, that exhausts me trying to make people feel placated and okay. I can be a bit of a people pleaser in that respect. And I don't, I don't like doing that either. Okay. So, I I mean, I guess this feels like it's getting a little bit into sort of figuring things out. I I guess my question though, is this notion of bringing your strong, powerful energy to a comported framework, you know, which might not even be the right vehicle or vessel for this energy. I'm just curious Does it bring anything up in you feeling-wise, energy, intuition, body-wise? Yeah, like um, right now what came to my mind is when my last relationship, he had ankle surgery and I knew that I would need to care for him. He would not be able to walk. So I cooked for him. I cleaned his house. And I even during that time, I remember he was in a lot of pain and I 
decided that I was going to completely reorganize his entire kitchen, which was just, I'm a chef. And I went in there. I was like, I can't find anything. Nothing's in the right place. Like the spices should be here. And, you know, and so I said, do you mind if I just completely reorganize your whole kitchen? And he said, sure. And I mean, I tore that thing up. (laughs) And by the time I was done organizing everything, I felt so good. Like I felt like I had done something to really improve someone's life, even in a way that maybe didn't really mean that much to him. But for me, those kind of things make me feel really good when I can help make someone's life more organized and easier. I do have a visceral reaction to that. Makes me warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's very connected to your heart. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's a strong creative energy in you. And I feel like it absolutely does want to be of service. Again, I do keep feeling this, like, impression of, like, leading people through the doorways, through the doorways, through the doorways. Like, it feels very deep, actually. And then it's interesting. I start to say this, and I notice it's interesting. I notice something in my body pull back. So I get curious about what that is. But I'll, I'll finish the thought. It's just like, I don't know, Jerry. I just keep having this coming back to this feeling or experience that there's something in you that really likes the idea of leading people deeper into the depths of like their own consciousness somehow. Again, it's like those doorways within doorways within doorways. I now I'm just hearing spiritual path, spiritual path, spiritual path. I know that, you know, I know that you have very real world jobs. So I'm not, this isn't like me saying like, oh, you're gonna have to go off and like, you know, become But, you know, I also know people, you know, I have a friend who used to be like a really, really high-end celebrity stylist, like made Adele who she was, like she was wearing sweatshirts and jeans before he came along. So, you know, he has like kind of the ultimate superficial job, right? Like styling (laughs) celebrities. He's deeply spiritual, magical, witchy, and he brought that to his work. You know, and people don't know about it. Like he wouldn't share about this, but we're friends, you know, and he would tell me like, no, I'm bringing, like, I'm doing my witch thing with people like through, you know, through my styling and through the way that I'm working with them. So I'm just sort of saying this, Jerry, because I just feel, God, it like wants to come out. I feel something in you. It's like, yeah, like I want to take people somewhere. I want to take people somewhere. I mean, I'm also just hearing the voices as I've got things to say. I've got things to offer. I'm so much bigger than this world is what I'm hearing. So again, that to me is like another flavor of the expanded consciousness. I just feel something for you around relationship truly to expanded consciousness. So I don't know, obviously, you know, I've just met you. I don't know what your relationship is to like expanding consciousness specifically and exploring the other realms, but I feel something in you connected to that And my sense is like, it wants to infuse everything that you do and perhaps like what you're doing for work. I mean, I look, I wasn't expecting this reading to go here, but it's almost like, remember how I said, like your energy wants to get channeled sort of directly. This feels like part of the vehicle and the vessel for like the direct channel. It's like, it's not about this is the voice that comes through the dumb, stupid shit. Nothing you're doing or any of us is doing is dumb, stupid shit. Believe me, I get it. I relate to you. Reorganizing a kitchen can be sacred and beautiful and magical. But when it's just about when the conversation ends there, right, there's a way that it can be dumb, stupid shit. 
as opposed to, you know, this really, and you're sort of speaking to this, this is a vehicle of my creative energy. This is part of my offering. But what I'm hearing for you is that this part of you that is like, there's so much, I'm like bigger than this world and there's so much more. And I have this like interest in expansive consciousness and expanded consciousness that just feels like part of the direction of your energy and how it wants to go. And it's almost like when I feel into this part of you, that sort of has a mission around, let's just like, if we go with what's coming to me, expansive consciousness, expanding consciousness, expanded consciousness, and I'm bringing this to my work, the difference in this energy and sort of situations you've described is the situations you've described, it does somehow feel conditional on other people approving of what you're doing, seeing you, hearing you, getting you. And it feels like that's where your budding heads, whereas this thing that's coming through me for you, as you, it's just like, I'm so aligned with this for me and what I'm offering and what I'm doing. Instead of me going into a situation and saying, hey, I'm going to fix this and I need you and want you to see something here. And if you don't, I'm furious. This is like, I'm creating and offering something and I'm inviting people in and you're with it or you're not. And I don't need your approval or validation. 100%. Yeah. I, I've, I've recently thought of that myself. I'm like, I, part of the problem is I'm trying to improve or fix or make better things that are not mine. And yeah. I guess that's, that's really the challenge in life sometimes is to figure out how to take your strengths and, turn it into not necessarily like to make yourself wealthy or anything, but just to be able to support yourself and continue to do what you love. I don't think I've ever really, well, one time, one time I started a soup business <laughs> and I, I did it like by myself for like two months and it blew up so big. I had to shut it down because people loved my soup, which made me feel very good. And I was no, nobody was my boss. I literally woke up every day and I said, what kind of soup am I making? I mean, I just think it's really interesting that you just said it blew up so big. I had to shut it down. <laughs> That's interesting to me because I, I do want to say part of what's been here for me this whole time. I've been hearing a lot about like what it means to have big energy for you. And so just even the fact that you kind of just said something that's like, essentially my energy got so big. I had to shut it down. I just think, I think we're going to be revisiting this a little bit. What I do want to ask you though, when I talk about what I'm calling expanded consciousness, expanding consciousness, helping people to expand their consciousness, does it resonate with you or is it, am I speaking Chinese? No, 100%. It totally okay. resonates with me. I'm, I'm not a religious person. My religious background is all over the place, but I'm a very spiritual person and I mean, I, I try every day to be a better person than I was yesterday. So I'm always on a quest to expand my energy and figure out, no, I 100%. So what I want to say to you, so like when you talk about like, oh, how do I figure out how to bring my skills? It's just so, it, I, it's so interesting. Like the energy just immediately, like that's where I feel things start to get comported again. And the first headline that I'm going to really bold for you here. My feeling for you, actually, rather than like figuring out the right way. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I just got a message. The right way to like market your existing skills to do the thing in the way like that to me feels like that very construct feels like another layer 
of like the limiting framework. It's like, I'm trying to figure out how to flourish and succeed in this kind of established framework that doesn't actually really work for me. And so the headline that I was hearing is like, I actually think the more that you can really go towards whatever your flavor of like deep spiritual connection, knowing and intention is for yourself in the world that I think, again, has this relationship to like expanded consciousness, cosmic knowing, divine knowing. I think that's actually going to be the vehicle for unlocking your creative flow in a way that's really going to like, you know what I mean? Like generate for you. So it's not, obviously this is not like a linear, like, yeah, you send out your resume at LinkedIn and this is how you market it. This piece of it is a more spiritual conversation. I don't usually bring this up with people because I, I really want people to be cautious, but I mean, are, are you someone who has experience with ayahuasca? No, I've never done it. Almost all my friends have, and they've all shared their stories and I'm scared shitless of the idea of doing it and that's usually when I know I need to do it the most. Because <laughs> I just keep feeling, I don't know, it keeps coming in to me for you. So, so this could be connected. If there's a, if the, I mean, and there is, if there's a message coming through, Jerry, around like, look, you're, you have some relationship <laughs> to expanded consciousness, you know, again, sacred geometry, fractals, like that's what I'm talking about. For me, the spiritual conversation with you isn't just like, oh, let me be a good person in the world. I'm talking like, you know, the, what, what, what was it? I'm bigger than this world. There is more to this world. And that's, that's the download that came in before when I was like, oh, I hear you. We started talking out about limited framework. So I kind of feel like there's a way in which for Jerry, like this whole fucking world feels like a limited framework. And there's something in you that's like, I want out of the limited framework. And that's why I get this image of like, when I see you connecting to this current of expanded energy, it's just like your energy shooting straight into the sky the stars, the cosmos, connecting with the thing that your spirit is longing to connect with. That's just what I feel for you. Like, I feel like there's something in your spirit's longing connect with things that are outside this framework. I get chills saying that. So I want to invite you. I actually, I used to sit in circles all the time. I actually, if you, you know, if you're at all, we can connect later, but if you are interested, since especially I hear you saying, I'm scared of it. And I know usually when I have fear, there's something there for me. Like I know a woman who runs great circles out in the desert and she's a woman. And I think like my vibe for you too, is like maybe really doing ceremonies that are about women women ceremonies, ceremonies with other women, ceremonies about connecting with the woman within. I don't know. I just feel something for that with you. Are you, did something just happen? Just, it's a part of my life. I feel like I've always missed out on is the connection with women because women tend to be very competitive. And I've always felt like if I could just find a way to send a message that if we would, if we would all just combine our energies we could rule the world i mean i've always felt that way about women and it made me very sad that most of my life i didn't have a lot of girlfriends i had almost all male friends which has its own problems <laughs> but i've never really known where to go to get that kind of energy i feel like your connection to the feminine starts within 
this is why I want to slow this down. Cause even when you just said, it's like, I want to say to them, we could come together and we could rule the world. I almost again felt sort of that. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I understand the spirit in which you're saying it, but I, as someone who's sensitive to energy, I, I start to feel the demand in that. It's almost kind of like, I, again, I want something seen and heard, come here, do this. This is my mission. And I want you in it with me. Right. Which that is kind of intense because there might be women on the other side being like, I, I actually don't want to rule the world. Like leave, like take that off of me. <laughs> and I'm not here to like fulfill that for you in a way like you, Jerry. Right. And the reason why I'm saying this, and because I think this is important, Jerry, because I think there is something you're trying to get seen and heard and worked out, right? And so even if it comes in the form of like knowing what to do in the workplace, which really can be of service, right? And part of that's your creativity and part of that's your heart. But it sounds like also there has been this demand in it at the same time, which is I want to be seen and heard. I want to be recognized for what I'm doing. I want to be promoted, you know, whatever it is. And so that's kind of like, that's what I would identify as part of the unconscious flavor, perhaps of what you're bringing to these things where something's trying to get worked out. That for me, I feel like this gets worked out within you. So coming back to like the, the conversation around women, and I saw like, it, the reason why I checked in with you is that, I don't know, I just saw some flutter of feeling on your face. And you said like, I, it's something I've not had to me, it's like this image, for example, of the ayahuasca circles and connecting with grandmother and the divine mother. This is about an internal process of connecting. Again, it's like a spiritual conversation. It's like the divine feminine. It's like the divine feminine of the fucking universe. And it's something that like when you connect with this in an embodied way inside yourself, you're going to have this experience, a deeper connection with the feminine that sort of self generating fulfilling and so then it's like rather than looking around at the other women saying i need you to come with me and real rule the world with me instead it's like it's kind of what i was saying before like i'm just coming from the place of this is what i'm creating and i'm inviting you in and some of you are going to be in line with you know what i'm putting down and some of you aren't and that's great but it's aligned in me and i have this deeper more embodied experience of like my own connection to feminine divine feminine feminine source i'm ruling the world right now so no one has to like come join me in my mission <laughs> unless they really want you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i do okay. i do i know a lot of this has been esoteric again i wasn't expecting it to quite go here but just to kind of like put a button on things. Yes. I'm really hearing for you <laughs> to go towards your spirituality. I hear an invitation to at least check out perhaps medicine circles, ayahuasca with an intention to connect, to expand consciousness, your relationship to divine feminine wisdom, to break out of frameworks. Is there anything else that you just need to say or ask in response to kind of what we've explored so far? Well, now that you've opened this up to as expansive as it is, I feel, because when I first talked to you, I know I had just gone through this breakup and that was my whole life. My whole life was processing the end of things and the sense of betrayal and the anger. I was so angry and I'm in such a different place now than I was months ago when we first talked that this makes more sense to me. 
because I didn't want to sit and rehash my past relationship because I feel like I've, I've processed it almost completely to the point now where there's days and days that go by and I don't even think about it. And I'm like, amen, this is, you know, where we all try to get after a breakup is like not waking up every day thinking about the person and ruminating the same stories over and over and over again. So the fact that this is now opened up to where it's going is also very interesting for me. And it feels much more important. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm enjoying that this is where this is going. Cause I feel like there are some paths that I can now choose already just from what you said. And I should probably, I will talk to you after this about your friend for sure. Yeah. I have a good feeling about her <laughs> for you, for her. I love her. It's already um, makes me sweat thinking about it. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, it scares the shit out of me. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I mean, Jerry, it just feels so perfect to me. When I think of you kind of like walking away from this being like, oh, I get to go on my like mystical adventure now. I'm going to go to Joshua Tree and I'm going to sit in these ceremonies and get more information. I it just feels so good to me. Um, And I feel so excited for you. And then kind of the information that just comes through is like, this is so much more fun and exciting than trying to figure out how to create the right fucking business with the skill. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I'm saying. It's, I feel like your system is rebelling against that. And this feels so much more expansive. There's the word. It feels so much more exciting. It feels fun. And so I just want to say that, like reflect that to you. And then, yeah, when you were talking about kind of like, I'm sort of glad that I'm out of the narrative with the guy. It's like what I feel for you. And again, this is coming back to that initial hit I got of like feeling that sort of solitude. And when I say that, it doesn't mean you're never going to be in a relationship, but let me explain the solitude of that powerful shamanistic woman. I just hear this voice. You don't need the fucking guy. Like, it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It feels exactly what you just said. It just feels like he's over here. It it feels Again, just like a diversion of your powerful energy. It's a framework where I'm just kind of like keeping myself stuck in circles, bumping up against the ceiling. Whereas this over here just feels like permission to step in. Now I'm getting the image of um, like, did you ever watch Mad Max or Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting the image of her, like just that warrior woman in the desert. You know, it's just like, I'm so much more powerful than this. Meaning like the relationship, it's like, let me embody this desert warrior woman connect with the divine feminine be in this all the way. And this is going to fucking take me somewhere. And again, even with relationship, it's this feeling of like, if you as a guy want to walk into this, great. I'm not like making myself small to fit into your event space. Yeah. And I want to say part of this voice though, Jerry is also, and I'm willing to be alone for the rest of my life. If that's what this means, it's just, it's this connection with self. And I feel like the more you own that in this kind of cosmic divine expansive way, the less there's not going to be the same demand on these other people, the boyfriends, the bosses to see you and to hear you. And I do think that demand is part of what's been crushing things. Oh, and so then there's the last thing I'll say too. With the betrayal, what just came to me is like, yeah, you know, how have you been betraying yourself? You know, and this feels like part of it. I feel like there's kind of been a self-betrayal of like denying this part of your journey. Although what I'm also hearing is you're on the right timeline. Like, I don't think any of this was supposed to happen before now. I think everything's been leading you. All your experiences have been leading you up to this point. So I don't think you're like, 
behind the timeline, so to speak. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's just, there's been a sense of self-betrayal. Like I'm putting myself into things that aren't me. And then again, getting so upset when I'm not heard or met there. 100%. You know, in this relationship, this last one, I at some point checked in with myself. And I, I, previous to getting involved with him, I was in that space where I was like, fine, I'm totally happy by myself. I have a great life here. I live in a really cool spot. Like I'd wake up every morning. I had my coffee ritual and these patterns that made me happy and gave me a lot of personal gratification. And I do tend to, when I get in a relationship, I compromise all of that and you know, end up sitting on the couch watching TV for hours and hours and hours at a time every single night. That's not me. Like, I sure I binge watch things every once in a while. I, I have my guilty pleasures, but it's not my activity of choice. You know, I feel like the next relationship I get in to, I'm hoping it will be with somebody that like grabs me by the hand and says, Hey, let's go off on some adventure. Well, that's what I'm saying though. I feel like it's like, no, you're the one grabbing the hand being like, I'm going on adventures. If you want to come with me, come. Yeah. Well, I I did do that at the beginning and I was the one that was constantly creating the fun. And then I stopped doing that. And I realized at some point I was like, I'm not even fun to myself anymore. So I'm never going to do that again. I'm not. Okay. Not. So what you're saying is 100%, 100% correct. Let's drop into this question. What is it, what is it in me that pulls away? Because you just spoke to it again. I get in these relationships and then suddenly I'm like sitting down watching TV. What is it that in me that pulls away from the full expression of my powerful energy? I mean, I want to say I hear the voice that says I won't kind of staying quiet. So, I mean, I want to say like that to me means there really is some. I was about to say there is something in you. Then I want to change it to there has been something in you because I actually feel like it's changing as we speak. But there's been something in you that's really, I mean, you see what I'm doing now. It's like, it's, I don't <laughs> no. Like I'm not letting this run. Like closing the soup business. Like no, like, no, like I will not do this. I will not do this. You can't make me. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to put this out there just to have it be shat on, twisted, dismissed. Something got hurt somewhere early on. I feel it. Wow. I won't set myself up for that again. Oh, God. It's like so. ah, It's like just wants to scream. It's so funny because it's like you talked about closing down the soup business. You talked about like watching TV for hours. I suddenly feel this energy that could just, no, we're not going, <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not going here. Like, nope, we're done. It's too much. It's too hard. There's too much here. <sighs> and then when I say that, I get angry again. <sighs> it does feel like there's, I mean, and you know, this is revealed through the pattern you brought in here. It feels like there was some early experience of set up is really what it feels like to me. It's like, you know, I had all this powerful energy and I'm bringing it out. And then there's some way that it gets, I don't know, like used, twisted, turned against me. You're wrong for this. You're bad for this. It's almost like this feeling of like, I thought I was safe to bring this out and now I'm not. I, you know, I did hear the words at one point, daddy don't hurt me. So I don't know like what your relationship with your father was like necessarily. Not 
and not abusive. No, I mean, it doesn't have to mean abuse, by the way. Just, I mean, I understand why you would think, but, you know, in, in terms of like, maybe if it's connected to this experience of like, oh God, let me just see what it says to say. I mean, now I'm just hearing, I've got something to say. Don't turn this against me. I mean, that's what I keep hearing. Don't turn this against me. And it feels like this sort of wild little girl. It's interesting that you were on Survivor because I get this image of her as like in the jungle with a knife in her mouth, wearing, you know, jungle clothing. She feels really wild in the jungle, like crouched. You know what I mean? Like has all that kind of energy. And it's like, I don't even know. It's like, what is it? It's like something in me freezes around this. It's like, I don't, I don't trust that there's room and space for me to bring this out. And it's also this feeling like if this gets twisted, if this gets shut down, there's not room or space for me to say no or to have my anger. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, this last situation, I, I got triggered. I think every trigger I've had for my whole life, every button was pushed. Every, the things that I shared in, in confidence were then thrown at me in a situation. I, and I went absolutely ballistic blackout rage, which I've never done in my whole life was the first, it scared the shit out of me that I had that in me. And then after it happened, I had shame for months and, you know, I'm, I'm learning because I've been YouTubing every video I can about anger and if it's healthy or destructive. And Well, so that's what this feels like. I mean, yeah. you see it. It's like, I'm hitting the pillows. Like, ah! And here it's felt connected to the setup. And I think I even said before, like, you made me feel like I was safe to bring this out. And now it's like turned against me somehow. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the flavor of what triggered the rage with this guy. It's like you felt safe on some level to share things. And then it was being used against you. And so it's kind of like, don't fucking set me up like this hurts. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? 100%. Yeah. So for me, it's like the fact that you have the blind rage, it is what it is, right? To me, well, there's two things I want to say about that, Terry. One, it speaks to how deeply historical it is. Like that was it. So what I want to say is it was in you already before this situation. Because the thing is, look, if it weren't hitting something historical in you, he could have done the same fucking thing. And you could have been like, what do you do? Like, this is a cheap shot. Like, you're just trying to hurt me right now. And you know what I mean? And like, been done with it. The fact that it hit something in you so deep that was basically saying, don't set me up. Like, that means to me, that relationship already lived in you. But the fact that it was a blind rage that you had never experienced before, that confirms the first piece that came in when I was like, oh, this is staying quiet. You have not let yourself fully know how deeply whatever these early experiences were impacted you. And again, remember how I'm feeling it again. It hurt. It fucking hurt. Like my love is here. I mean, I, I keep wanting to ask about dad. Like, were you close with him when you were young? Yeah. I joke that I grew up in the Cleaver family and my parents are still together and they still love each other, but I never saw them fight, not once. So I had zero skills when it came to conflict resolution. And I always felt like if I got into an argument with somebody that it was the end of the relationship. And it took me many years to realize that wasn't the case. 
But my dad and I did argue a lot. We're both very stubborn. So we were always battling each other. But then after we, you know, express our, our anger with each other, there was apologies and love. So it was never left sitting any residual negativity. And I don't remember ever carrying to the next day, like, I can't believe my dad and I fought over this thing. It was never like that. It was like, it's a very interesting dynamic that I, in a lot of ways, I always looked at it as a very healthy situation, but I do, you know, I did question my dad recently. I said, why did I never see you guys, you and mom fight? It was very, he was like, oh, well, we didn't want you to see that. And I appreciate that on some level, but at the same time, like, it would have been nice to get some idea of how to handle conflicts in my life. So maybe that's why I repressed all that anger all those years. And I just didn't know how to process it or I don't know. I mean, I still. This is what I want to say, Jen. I think I part of the information I want to bring to you is, and, you know, sometimes we don't find out or know what those ex- early experiences were. I've actually worked with people where we come back around over and over to the flavor of what happened And to this day, they've never actually recovered like the conscious experience of what it was, but we just worked with the energy and we knew it was true because it kept coming up. And then when we would work with it, they'd get so enlivened. So what I want to say to you is if I trust the information that's come through here today, it feels like there was some early experience and I don't want to just hang this on dad, like whatever, like, let's just level the playing field, some early experience maybe it's male related of really feeling like my wild, powerful, big, I think female energy as a girl, let's say is welcome, is invited, is allowed. And then as when I bring it out, it gets turned against me. And that, that was deeply painful and also deeply enraging. And there was no place for those feelings to go. And that as we've kind of established through like vis-a-vis the blind rage that like it snapped and you've never experienced it before, but there it was, there's something in you that's been disconnected from this. And so I almost like, rather than even trying to dig around and get somewhere, because it's almost like trying to dig around and get somewhere. Oh, this feels so good. Trying to dig around and get somewhere almost feels like an energetic equivalent of let me figure out how to market my skills to get the right kind of job to like, it's just like, no, let's not get lost in the weeds. Instead, Jerry, what I want to do is just sit with you for a moment in this big picture of what I've just outlined and to just bring in, there's, there's some sort of gap here, you know, where something occurred energetically that you've been disconnected from. And it's played a huge role in like you managing and comporting your energy. And there's been something inside you that's been saying, it's not safe for me to go here because whatever this initial experience was, it was so fucking painful. First, I want to say there's two aspects to pain. The, the experience of having it turned against me was so painful. In my heart, that was painful. But then on top of that, not having the space to be like, ah, oh, this is horrible. No, I don't like this. This isn't fair. That was fucking painful. And even when I say it, I just feel it's like the double message of like, Jerry's not allowed here. And I have so much love I want to get. I was in this loving 
exchange. I can feel your heart. You spoke about it earlier. You know what I mean? And it's not allowed here. And I'm devastated. And now I'm at odds with my own energy because I've got this message that my energy created this. And so now it's like, as an adult, for you to open this stuff up, like, so the old story, like, that's what I was saying at the beginning is kind of like my big energy, it's going to be turned against me and it's going to get me into trouble. So I've got to manage it and try to find the safe ways to bring it out. So people will see it here and make it okay. And then sort of finally give me the key to the life that I know is waiting for me. Right. That's the old story. And then in that place, you're making these unconscious choices, right? That sort of keep you in this ambivalent relationship with your powerful energy, right? So for me, this is about kind of like coming back to, okay, I've got it now. This is about me reopening up my powerful energy in a way that's not about, I mean, I think what feels so important is that it's not about other directed. I think that's why I keep coming back to like the solitary process, the inward process, sitting in ceremony. It's not about right now, working it out in relationship, finding that job that's finally going to pay it off. This is about Jerry coming back to Jerry. Does all this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) And can you take in, because this is what feels so important because I can feel the part of your mind that will start to work and chew on things, (laughs) which I think kind of like is part of the buffer that comes in. Can you take in, can you take in the possibility that there was some deep energetic heartbreak around like your energy getting turned against you that you don't even, and that there's been a very deep disconnect from that part of you. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm, I'm going to have to sit on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all experienced some version of trauma in our lives. Like it's just part of living. I don't know. I have to think about that. And so what feels good, so when I was saying, oh, this feels good, what feels good to me for you, again, interpreting everything as information, just creating space feels good. Like that we don't have to try to figure this all out right now. (laughs) That feels really good to me for you. So again, it's kind of like space expansion, right? Like just holding it without needing to like, yeah, figure it all out. And what I want to say, Jerry, is this can be part of your intention. Like if you do go towards medicine circles, if you do go towards expanded consciousness, if there are other doorways that start to open up for you, just to have an intention to learn more about your, like your own relationship to your powerful energy. It's almost like if I had to write the story of how this feels to me and I'll kind of like, and I I do want to give space and time for people to kind of like be able to share, but, and I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it's almost like if I had to like write a hypothetical example. It's almost like there's a male figure, let's, whether it's dad or someone else. And it's like really close with you as a young girl. And it's like, you know, a great relationship that feels great. And they're like getting stuff out of it too. Cause you're this powerful wild girl with all this sort of, you know, interesting energy, but, and it's like, you're really close, but then it's almost like suddenly that energy makes him uncomfortable, not because of you, right? Because of him, you know, because you've got this sort of wild female energy. It also, you know, when we're kids, we have this kind of innocent sexuality, you know what I mean? And sometimes adults don't know what to do with that. You know what I mean? So maybe there's a point where it's like, okay, now we got to shut this down. Somehow it's gotten to be too much. 
we're a little uncomfortable with what's going on over. We liked it at first. We like aspects of it, but now we don't know what to do with all of it. So you got to like shut this down. And then as a girl who doesn't really understand what's going on, isn't it interesting? I said earlier, like, oh, the, the kid at the adult party. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the kid doesn't understand. Like the adults are trying to live polite and civilized. You know, the girl doesn't understand that. And for her, it's like, oh my God, this hurts. So I thought I was safe. I thought we had an agreement. I thought I could bring all this wild, wonderful energy. I thought you like this. <laughs> this really hurts. And I still love you. So let me just, you know, put this all away. Does that kind of make sense as a hypothetical illustration? Yeah. I mean, that describes quite a few of the relationships I've had in my life. There, I mean, there's definitely been some, some men in my life that have hurt me terribly, but I have to really think about that. Well, yeah. You don't have to think about anything yeah. like <laughs> yeah. meaning just that's, let this, let this happen. Amazing. Because the thing is when you say that kind of fits a pat again, so it, there is pattern here. So mm-hmm. I personally don't think it's an accident. I'm writing this story. Like that is the flavor of what it feels like to me, you know? So I want to invite you just to stay open. I mean, look, Jerry, again, kind of going back to the beginning, there's so many more questions I could keep asking you. I'm so interested in the soup business and like what happened with that. Like there's so much here. That's the thing. Your energy is so big. There's so many doorways. There's so many questions. There's so many directions we could go. Right. And I just want to say yes to that, like in terms of you and your energy and like all the different threads you have available to you. And I also think there's something about containment, you know? And so I think, yeah, like I said, I mean, I do, I know a big part of this is wanting to like leave space for people, you know, to share and reflect. So I kind of feel like, yeah, if it's all right, maybe we can kind of leave this here with you kind of like, having an intention around cultivating this spiritual path, getting in a relationship with your own power in that way so that you know what you want to bring to anything you're doing, what you want to create. And then you're inviting people in and also holding space for getting more information about whatever it was you sort of learned along the way about your own sort of wild, creative, powerful energy as this shamanistic desert warrior (laughs) princess. Well, you know, something did just come up now that I'm thinking about it. It was my whole survivor experience. That first season when I got chosen to be on the show, I, I remember jumping up and down on the bed in the hotel room for like 20 minutes, crying and screaming and laughing. Like oh, I, all my dreams were going to come true. I'd spent my whole life as an actress in the theater and trying to make it in Hollywood. And I really looked at it as this was it, right? Much like a relationship in some ways, like this is it. This is my whole life. Everything, everything is happening and my dreams are coming true. And so that experience ended up being so different because after that show aired and the way they edited me, people hated me. Like, and the amount of hate I felt was so intense. Like I'd never experienced anything like that in my whole life. I don't think anybody ever would like that show. I felt betrayed in a lot of ways, honestly, because you know, the show would air on the East Coast and people would watch it and they would start calling me like, oh my God, wait till you see this episode. You're going to freak out, be prepared. And then I would feel this like wave of hate 
move across the United States because I was on the West Coast and I had to wait three hours after. I remember just watching it after it was the second episode and I was like, my jaw hit the floor and all I could do is figure out how I was going to make the best of it and change the, the dialogue that was happening. And it was a very different world too. We didn't have as much of the internet and all of that, but I just, that was probably the most intense thing in my entire life. Like the levels of negativity were so palpable. People would scream at me on the streets. Like that's where everybody thinks you're a bitch and then like drive off. And I'm just like in my car going to an audition with my cousin in the car. Like, like what? That, that just popped up for me. Like the, mm-hmm. just the intensity of that felt like a betrayal because I went from this elated state of like, Oh my gosh, my whole life is about ready to change in a positive way. And I had to process that weekly and every week it got worse. And then the tabloids said horrible things about me. Like it was just, it was, it was really hard. And, you know, I don't think I ever really like went to therapy about it or I know I talked about it a lot and I tried to twist you know, make it seem like, oh, it's fine. I used to say, love me or hate me. Indifference is the kiss of death, you know, in Hollywood when you're trying to make it as an actress. That's, that was my go-to quote. But I remember really feeling hurt. Like, it was very painful. So I, I think some of that definitely ties into what I'm, maybe my rage part of Part of it was tied into that. Well, I think the last thing I'd say is that, again, I always look at everything as pattern. So I feel like, yeah, you keep speaking to these different examples of kind of like invitation of your energy, invitation of who you are, and then sort of the betrayal and like an intensity of like energy towards you. So for me, it's kind of like, that's sort of why I feel like this originated earlier, you know, and that's why. Another one on the list. (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is what happens. So that's why I just, like I said, I think we're not going to sort of figure it all out right this moment. I don't think that would even be right. I think you're, I think there's part of your system that needs space slowness to like, because there is such a, there's been such a disconnect and such a feeling of like, I don't fully trust, you know, the safety that I can really know this for myself. And again, bring out my energy. So I feel like we've really cracked a window open and let's just, yeah, let's let it sit, which I can feel it's hard for you to let things sit. (laughs) So that's why I want to, yeah, I want to let it sit. It feels important to let it sit. I want to open this up to other people, but is there anything, and you and I, you know, we'll connect after this, but is there anything you need or want to say just to sort of feel complete for right now? No, I think this is a good place to, to just let it sit and be a little bit more open to whatever comes at me now. Because like I said, I'm very excited that this was not about my last relationship because it just seems so trivial now that we've opened this up to such a, a bigger topic. But I'm just, I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> okay, great. All right. So if everyone just wants to like, just take a moment and again, just kind of like come back to your body for a second. There's a lot here. So just notice how you feel inside yourself. Notice if you're having any feelings, if things have hit you in a certain way, brought anything up for you. And yeah, I'm just going to kind of open it up and just see, is there anything that anyone wants to share, reflect, say, where is this taking you inside yourself? How do you feel? What's it brought up in you? 
or do you have questions about the topics or the themes that came up that you want to ask me? Uh, hi. The last thing you said about the hate you felt spread across America after watching your episodes. And I just personally want to apologize to you for that on behalf of the collective because TV is so edited and they make stories and characters and everything. And I know that. And I've always, I've always felt compassion for people that go on TV and feel taken advantage of and exploited. So I just wanted you to know that you're a real human being and I understand that. Thank you. <laughs> Jerry, I just wanted to also say thank you for doing this and for joining us and for sharing and being vulnerable. I think it's brave and we all really appreciate it. And it's um, a chance for all of us to like learn something. So thank you for doing that. And also like your hair looks really great. So just <laughs> the things that that resonated with me that I'm just curious about Jamie's reaction. You know, as you may remember, I also struggle with being met, having energy being met in relationship. When you said you had a father who felt like the cleavers, like a quote unquote, good father. I also had a father who was like a good father. He was good in that role, but he is very afraid of conflict also, something about my father was he was raised to be nice, quote unquote. He's talked a little bit about that. And I just wonder if there's something about fathers who can't fully be themselves. They're trained to be nice. They hid the conflict from you. And then something around that where like if we were too much of ourselves, they pulled back. And therefore, that's like what we've been trained for relationship where we're not met. I don't know. These are just my like reactions. And I'm curious if, if any of that hits with either of you. I love what you just said because it really, yeah, it brought back what you did say, Jerry, about Cleaver and then taking you in and how I experienced you in this reading and you're not Cleaver. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think it's making a really interesting point about the way I'm hearing it is like sometimes that the conflict avoidant, nice cleaver persona can almost be an unintentional form of like cutting something off, right? If the energy doesn't fit that mold, it's kind of like what I was saying before, of like, oh wait, this isn't for polite party society. You know, like this isn't, you know, this isn't the normal all-American cleaver version of how we do things, even if it wasn't like an overt message of like, oh, you're wrong, you're bad, you did this, you know what I mean, or something like that. There's a possible way, especially as like sensitive beings, we can internalize it as like a covert rejection or message. Um, so I think it's really interesting. But I'm curious, Jerry, yeah, if anything comes up for you. Two things, actually. I remember one fight my dad and I had that got so heated and so intense. This is when I was probably 13. I was really being rebellious and and challenging him maybe for the first time. And I don't even know what it was over. It could have been I stayed out later than I was supposed to or something. I don't know. But we were like at each other. And I remember stepping right in his face and going, go ahead, punch me. Go ahead, dad, just punch me in the face. And I saw in him this, like this rage and this confusion and like all these things I'd never really seen before. And he just walked away. And I as I got older, I was like, that, <laughs> that, 
that took a lot of restraint. Like my dad was very good at restraining things like that. Like it, the second thing that came up, his work. So he was in the military. And I, at some point when I was 15, started dating this guy who my dad was his first sergeant. And he told me that my dad was a total hard ass and that a whole bunch of people that worked for him hated him because he was like disciplinarian and like was cracking the whip. And there was just this whole section of soldiers that just despised my dad. And I was so confused by that. I was like, my dad, like, it just didn't sound like it fit him at all. And that was a, that was a very interesting moment too, where I kind of got to get some insight about my dad at work. He never brought work home. Not once. I never heard him complain about work. He never shared anything negative. He didn't come home and vent. There was none of that. Like when I say the Cleaver family, like he would come home from work, kiss my mom, tell her she was beautiful. We would all sit down and have dinner together. And then there would be some argument over who was going to do the dishes. And that's where I rebelled. But I mean, it was so silly and innocent compared to the stories that I've heard of most people that you know, that I've dated or that I'm friends with who've had very tumultuous and abusive childhoods. It's so... Um, well, I would also say it's interesting that, like, I'm just going back to this idea of you being someone who helps people open doors within doors within doors to consciousness. And, like, that story you told about hit me and, like, your father had this rage and confusion. I just got this vibe of, like, you know, you were provoking something in him. You know what I mean? I mean, not consciously, not with an intention towards like his highest good, but you were provoking something. And so I can just imagine the possibility of like, if you're this girl who's provocative, who knows how to, on some level, get people accessing parts of themselves that they don't normally access, again, that might be kind of threatening you know, on, on, again, on an unconscious level. And there might be kind of a covert, like, you know, we keep that down. Look, I mean, I, I was a weird kid, you know, and it's like, I really think about that a lot about how people were responding to me. And even to this day being who I am, there will be people who are drawn to me and then I can feel them go away. <laughs> Cause it's like, they get scared because they know the depth of like the space that I hold. We're just bringing in possibilities and flavors for you, Jerry, of like, if we trust this information of you as this powerful energy that kind of like knows how to open doors and provoke things in people. Yeah, it would make sense that maybe that's going to kind of make things covertly uncomfortable in a family, a family system, a peer system, a whatever system that's about that gets left at work, you know, here we're cleavers. It's just something for you to really think about. So you talked about taking this time and holding space and leaving the window open. And that all resonated with me as well. My question to you is, how do you prevent yourself from forming a cocoon? It just lingers there for too long and then you can't move beyond that. So, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is there's a fear in a sense that if I kind of hold where I'm at in my process and I stay with myself, there's going to be a point where I stay in too long and it's going to become, as you called it, a cocoon. And how do I prevent that from happening? Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just get curious about the place in you that even has that fear in the first place. Like, why would that happen? <laughs> it's almost yeah. like I, I have this question. How does having that fear serve you? 
in this moment? Or how does it stop you? Or, you know, maybe I'm answering the question. Does it stop you from saying yes to giving yourself this space? My big breakup happened maybe a year or so ago. I told myself I'll, I'll, I'll move beyond this and I'll try and bring people back in when I'm ready. And I'm like, I'm content. So do I just stay being content? Well, I mean, my question to you is, I mean, you just said you feel content. Is that true? I mean, do you feel content? I'm not hurt. So what I hear you saying is maybe you're not authentically, like you're content in the sense that you feel safe from betrayal, but you're not necessarily content in terms of your experience of human connection. Yeah. Okay. So what I hear you saying in a way is I'm ready for more human connection. (laughs) I'm scared shitless. And is it okay to both want human connection and to also be scared of human connection at the same time? Sure. I mean, if you say it's okay. Well, what I'm saying is, is there a way in which you can let yourself move slowly? Yeah. I mean, I hear you saying something. I hear you saying I have a desire for human connection. I I hear you saying there's still fear. And so I'm just wondering, is there a process in which you can slowly put your feet in the water without it being all at once and move towards what you want in kind of a modulated way that creates space and safety for yourself? Maybe. Yeah. What, what's the hesitation? I think things happen to you and you look at them and you learn from them and you see what it is and then you prevent the same thing from happening again. So my hesitation is I don't know. There's no guarantee that it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So what's the question here? Because I hear you say, I mean, you're speaking to the bind, right? It's like, I hear you saying I'm pulling away from contact because I don't want to get betrayed in a certain type of way again. I'm also hearing you saying I'm ready for contact. So here you are in this bind. Yeah. It's like, I don't think the question actually is how do I make myself be okay with this for the rest of my life? Because it doesn't sound like you are going to be okay with the current cocoon for the rest of your life, right? But maybe I need to just learn to be. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe I just need to look at this is the cards I've been dealt. I need to just learn to be okay with that. You know, I, I look, there's a couple of things, I guess, that I'll sort of just say in responses. I mean, I think there's a, yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, one, you can start to really, and I don't know if you've already got information about this, but really look at how did you participate in setting up the situation so that, you know, it might end in betrayal. So using Jerry as an example, you know, we briefly touched on, you know, there were red flags that she saw that maybe she wasn't speaking to or really sort of owning and honoring because, you know, she was so invested in it. She thought it was the thing. I would even say sometimes that mentality of like, this is the thing is sometimes what sets us up because there's such like a, an intense energy behind it. It's an all or nothing energy. And so then when it's all or nothing, that's where we start to like comport ourselves rather than letting ourselves just be in the process of like, well, Hey, I'm excited right now, but I'm getting to know this person and I got to like feel it out. You know what I mean? And then I got to pay attention to the red signs, the red flags. And then when the red flags come up, I got to speak to them. And if they can't meet me there in a way that feels satisfactory to me, I need to go. Because that's my information that this isn't right for me, rather than sticking around waiting to be proven correct when they betray me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just giving illustrative examples, but you might want to be thinking about where are you betraying, you know, use that word, where are you betraying yourself? 
I mean, really, I mean, that feels like such the name of the game here. Like for any of us who like feel betrayed, where are we betraying ourselves? So if you want to start experimenting with connection, where do you betray yourself? So that's part of what I would say. And the other thing that was sort of coming to me too, it's like I was talking to Jerry about the reaction was historical. So I hear you saying there's a certain experience of betrayal that you're going to do anything to avoid. And so I get curious about that for you because at the end of the day, it's like, look, at the end of the day, it, do- it doesn't kill you. You know what I mean? And so what we're talking about is feelings. There's some sort of feelings that get brought up for you around betrayal that are very deep. And I think one is bringing in the conscious awareness that you will survive it. It doesn't kill you in the place where it feels life or death or intolerable. That is the child. And that's the child reliving something that is pattern. And so, I mean, what I want to say, it's actually an amazing opportunity a lot of times when this stuff happens, because we can actually then deal with the feelings. It's like, oh my God, look how hard this is hitting me. This is the heartache I've not fully resolved yet. This is the grief I've not, this is the anger I've not fully resolved yet. And it can become a tool like I'm inviting Jerry to start contemplating, to really think about where does this originate from? And what do I need here? And how do I support myself to get help around this? And what are maybe the changes I need to make in my life? You know, I work with a lot of people who start to identify things that happened when they were younger and, you know, they have to redefine relationships. And it's like, okay, maybe you have some boundaries now you didn't have before. I mean, there are people I've worked with here on this very call who have redefined their relationships with, you know, family of origin. And it it was life-changing for them because they were getting into congruence with, wait, some stuff happened and I get to make new choices about it. And now I'm safer in relationship. It's almost like what I feel in you is this like preciousness around, if I get betrayed, it's the life or death, all or nothing thing. I've got to avoid that at all costs. And it seems to me like there's something here around the willingness to like, let yourself get into the trenches with that and what it brings up in you and working with it. But then also, like I said, looking at where do you betray yourself when you're not speaking up, you're not checking things out, you're not paying attention, whatever it is. I don't know what your flavor of it is, but it is going to involve process. I mean, there's no getting around it. You know, that's, that's, that's the good news, bad news. You know, it sounds to me like you're desiring deeper connection and relationship. And it sounds like you're going to have to risk navigating those waters with an intention to see, again, I'm going to say, where am I betraying myself? Where am I withholding my truth? Where am I not showing up all the way and why? And then, yeah, if this happens again, how do I work with this? Stay with it. But if you're living in fear and resistance to it, like then, yeah, you will stay alone. Does that make sense? It does. I just want to thank you, Jerry, for letting us be part of this, being so vulnerable. It was really, I don't know, really interesting. And I really saw a lot of myself and what you guys talked about. So thank you for that. I also just went through a breakup. And so I'm particularly interested in sort of this discussion around red flags and seeing red flags, but also trying to understand what's a red flag versus what's a compromise that you make when two separate people are coming together to try and build something together. Because that was kind of something that I experienced in my last relationship where I would see some things and just thought, okay, we just need to like, you think about this one way, which I don't think about it like that. And we need to find like a midpoint And we had a lot of discussions. There wasn't a betrayal, but we were just really 
we just expressed our love in really different ways. And there was a lot of fighting. It was very intense and things like that. So I'm wondering in future, like, how can I, how can I see what's a red flag versus what's a compromise? Well, I mean, I think the thing is it should feel good. You know, I think even a compromise on some level should feel good. If it's a true compromise of I've been heard, you've been heard, we are understanding the ways in which we're different and we're also understanding, you know, what each other needs. And in that place, this is the middle ground we're coming to where everyone's seen and heard. I think even, you know, obviously if you're not getting everything that you want or need, I think generally if, if things have truly been seen, heard, aired out, understood, the creation of that compromise in service of the relationship should on some level feel good, right? So I would say that if, if cause I heard you saying it would lead to a lot of fighting, right? So without knowing any of the details, my, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, well that means for me, there was still individual work for both of you to be doing, like things were getting triggered. And so for me, it's almost like in an ideal situation, if you're not clear yet that it's time to end the relationship, that's where, you know, you would both go get your either separate or combined help to really understand why is this triggering me so deeply? Like, where is this taking me in my history? Why am I getting charged up about this? And then once you guys have that clarity, then from that place, it's about kind of assessing, like, are we able to meet in the middle? You know what I mean? And I just think, obviously, there's no prescription. Some of those situations, it's going to be about, oh, there's something irreconcilably different between us, you know? And then in other situations, it's like, oh, again, I see, I hear where you're coming from. This is something that we can now find a compromise that's genuine. So, yeah, I would say if the uh, compromise should feel good, even within a compromise, and that if you're fighting, there's more inner work for both of you to do. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we definitely weren't reaching a compromise where either of us are happy. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's what's hard sometimes. It's like people try to work things out and then they come up with these... I see this all the time, especially on reality shows when they go to like couples counseling and they come up with these weird solutions. And I can just feel it. I'm like, this isn't resolving anything for either of them. There's so much held feeling still here. So I think ultimately we all just want to be, we want space to be seen and heard. So if you're, if you're both still holding on to something and it's like a compromise, it's pulling teeth, it doesn't feel good and it's tense and it's resentful. It's not a real compromise. It's just, we're trying to like put the duct tape over the holes in the sinking ship. Like we got to get to the real juice. Like why is this pissing me off so much? And if we don't have those answers, we're not going to get anywhere. That's really helpful. Thank you. All right, good. Yeah, I think something I learned in this last relationship is, you know, if I set boundaries and express things that are painful to me or hurtful to me, if the person that I'm with is not sensitive or caring enough that they're hurting me and want to change that, then it's the wrong person. Like anyone who really cares about you doesn't want to hurt you and they'll, they'll do what they have to to make you comfortable and happy in a relationship. And what I would also just piggyback onto that is the person whomever you're with should care if they're hurting you. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the behavior will, I mean, like this is a thing, this is where we get to be in the process of relationship. They might not agree with your take on something, but what I agree with is if someone can't sit there and take in that you're saying this hurts me, 
and care about the impact. You know, like I was just, I just did a reading with someone who they get into conflict with their significant other because they want to take space. They're, they need time for themselves and it like it deeply triggers their partner, right? So in that situation, I don't think that's a situation where they should change their, they need to take that space. So they're not doing anything wrong, right? But it's like, if someone's coming to you and saying, this is how it impacts me, it hurts me. Yeah, you at least want to feel like they care that it hurts and they hear it. Even if it's like, I love you, I'm still taking space. Or, you know, I'm taking space. What else can I do to help you? You know what I mean? But it's like, but if someone's just stonewalling you, that's not a good sign, I don't think. I just also want to say thank you again to all of you for being here. And it is a very vulnerable situation for me. I've been processing the fact that I was going to share a lot of personal information, but I feel very safe in this environment. And you guys made that happen. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) all right you guys thank you everyone for coming and for lending your presence and your energy and feel free to you know message me if anything comes up that you want to share and uh yeah take care of yourself tonight